Well, church, here we are in week number eight of our series, Teach Us to Pray. We're, we're coming to the very end of this, and this week we're jumping right in. Matthew 6, verse number 13, Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. And this is, I would say, probably the, the one prayer, or the one portion of this prayer that we probably tend to pray the least. Matthew 6, 13, and it starts this way. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some translations say, deliver us from the evil one. You know, and this is a prayer where we're asking for protection from, from temptation. We're asking for deliverance from evil. And the reason why I say that I think this may be the prayer that we pray the least is because we, 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 we think we're stronger than we are, right? We think we're stronger than we really are. We, and we've talked about this as Americans, but really as humans, we are way too self-confident. We just have too much confidence in our flesh, in, our, in ourselves. And in our culture, we just, that, that is a common thing in our culture. We just think too highly of ourselves. And so, you know, the reason we don't pray this enough is because we think we're strong enough. We think that we can, we can have victory in our own strength, in our own power, that we don't we don't have to do things that we don't want to do. And we think we can stand up to temptation and we can stay away from evil if we just want it enough. But there's a reason that Jesus instructs us to pray this prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the reason he tells us to pray this is because we're not actually as strong as we think we are. In fact, we're actually quite weak in our own physical strength, physically we cannot match up to spiritual attack in in our flesh which we may be strong physically we may think we've got like the strong inner fortitude you know strong will and all this stuff but man it is no match for spiritual attack from the enemy we don't have the strength But to pray this prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's really two two inner motives that would drive us to pray this prayer. Or there's two two inner motives that are missing that would cause us to not pray this prayer. Two things, two inner motives that would drive us to pray this. So number one is this. This would be a desire of our heart that that would drive us to pray this prayer. Number one motive is this, I want to be holy. I want to be holy. If that is a desire of our heart, then we will pray this prayer. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why? Because I want to be holy. And we see God tells us as his people, he says, be holy as I am holy. Holy. We see that way back in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. We see it kind of repeated in the New Testament. In 1 Peter chapter 1, we see that, that God has, has told us as his people, listen, be holy because I'm holy. Be holy as I am holy. And, and that word holy, what it means is, is to be set apart to God. It means to be sacred or or pleasing to God, living in a way that is obedient, living in a way that is righteous, living in a way that is set apart or devoted to the Lord. I want to be holy. And listen now, holiness does not 
come easy. Holiness, personal holiness in our lives does not come easy. It requires a fight. We got to fight for it. We got to fight for personal holiness. Positional holiness, we get that when we receive Christ. He gives us his holiness, his righteousness in exchange for our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, but personal holiness, like practical day-to-day living out holiness in our life, living righteously, it's not easy. If you've lived for more than a minute, you know this. It, it requires a fight on our part. And we must live with, with what, what I'd call a wartime mentality. You know, I first heard this idea from pastor, uh, theologian, uh, John Piper. He talks about living with a wartime mentality. Well, what does that mean? That means that we, we live in a time of war as opposed to a time of peace. In other words, we always have to live aware of this battle going on around us, that we live in a spiritual battle, that temptation is part of our everyday story, that we are constantly under attack. We gotta be aware that we live in in a wartime, uh, that, that attack is present, that temptation is part of our everyday story, but we have to understand this, that temptation itself is not evil, but it does lead to evil. To, to deal with temptation does not mean you're evil or you have sin, but if you give in to temptation, if you follow temptation to its natural conclusion, it will lead you to sin. The word temptation really just means test or or trial. And what we see in the New Testament, James chapter 1, verse 13, tells us that God does not tempt us with evil. However, he does allow us to be tempted. He does allow us to be tested and tried. He allows that for us. Why? Isaiah 48, some incredible verses that I, I came across this morning in my time with the Lord. Isaiah 48, verses 10 and 11 says this, God says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I would, will not give to another. God allows us to be tested. He allows us to be tried even in the furnace of affliction, and I, my mind goes back to Daniel where, you know, the three Hebrew children are, uh, the, those young men are thrown into the fiery furnace because they refuse to bow down to, to the golden image of the king. They, they were thrown into the fire. It was a furnace. It was a literal furnace of affliction. Now, we don't, we don't face that in the 21st century, but we do face affliction in life, right? We do face trials and temptations and testing. Now, God doesn't tempt us to do evil, but he does allow trial and, and testing to come into our life because he wants to refine us. He wants to prove our faith. He wants our faith to grow stronger. He, wants, he does this for the sake of his name so that his name would be glorified. And so some of you may feel like you're going through the furnace of affliction right now in, in August 2020, in 2020 period, right? That we're, we're, we may all be going through a personal season, of our own furnace of affliction. Listen, God isn't 
allowing that into our lives to crush us or to burn us up. He, he's wanting that to refine us. He's wanting to test our faith so that we would come out of the other side purified and more holy. And this is what we're talking about, this desire that we would have to be holy. And when we want to be holy, we'll pray, God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I want to be holy. I don't want to be tested. I don't want to be tried. I don't want to be tempted. But God, I recognize that you will allow me to be thrown into the furnace of affliction so that you can refine me. And y'all, I believe God is, is in the process of doing that with many of us. And some of us are allowing him to do that. And we're allowing him to refine us. We're allowing him to increase and build our faith. And yet some of us are fighting against it. We're kicking and screaming every step of the way because we want to be not holy. We want to be happy. We want to be comfortable. And this testing and this trial, this affliction, this furnace, man, it's hot. It's like South Carolina heat in the summer, right? And we don't enjoy it. But if our desire is, is truly, God, I want to be holy. I want to be more like Christ. It'll lead us to pray this prayer. Ah, lead us not into temptation, God, but deliver us from evil. Allow me to pass the test, but don't let me, don't let me sin in the midst of this. Don't let me go down a road of, of sinfulness and evil. But lead me away from that. Deliver me from that. If you want to be holy, you have to know you're living in a war zone, in the midst of a wartime uh, of life, a wartime season. And you have to want it enough to fight for it, to fight for holiness, because it doesn't come easy. But on the other hand, at the same time, we have to realize if we want to be holy, we're not strong enough to achieve holiness and our own strength and our own power. And so that's why this, the second inner motive is this. Number one is I want to be holy. But the second thing that's going to drive us to pray this prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, is not just I want to be holy, but number two, I need help. I need help. God, I need help. I cannot, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot stay I cannot walk through life and endure all the temptation and remain sinless without your help. We've got to realize I need, God, your help because I've tried to pull it off in my own power and I've tried to, to stiffen my neck and just by, by sheer willpower and strength, I've tried to endure temptation. I've tried to defeat and have victory over sin in my life and I, I just blow it every time. I want to be holy, but God, I need help. I need help. We've, we've got to acknowledge our own weakness and our own propensity to sin. And we've got to recognize God's power to overcome. Power that he has made available to us. And so we've got to recognize we have no power in and of ourselves. We need a leader. We need a deliverer. And Jesus Christ is that leader. Jesus Christ is that deliverer who can give us the help that we need, who is the one who can give us the holy, that he can, he can give us, that we can receive from him his holiness, that we could never 
we could never achieve on our own, that no amount of good works, no amount of good deeds, no amount of good behavior could ever achieve. We could never avoid sin outwardly enough to achieve holiness because you all know it, that even if we don't do things outwardly that are sinful, there is sin that creeps up in our hearts through our thoughts and desires and our wants and stuff that maybe nobody else ever sees. We can't conquer that stuff in us without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the help of God, without Jesus coming to our rescue. Only Christ can make us holy. Only Christ can make us holy and only Christ can keep us holy. If you miss everything else this morning, hear that truth. That is a gospel truth and reality that we need to grab a hold of all the time, that only Christ can make us holy and only Christ can keep us holy. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, Paul says some incredibly powerful words. You may recognize these verses because it has to do with, with our dealing with temptation in this world, in this life. And Paul says, verse number 12, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. So let's pause there for a second. When you, when you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. In other words, what Paul is saying here is, is the moment that you get lax, the moment that you think you've got it all together, the moment that you think you're strong and that you're standing tall and firm and that nothing could take you down, is the very moment when you will be knocked down, is the very moment when you need to be aware and to take heed, to be alert, because when you think you stand, that is the moment when you are susceptible to falling. When you think you've got it all together, when you think you've conquered your sin, you think, man, I haven't done this for weeks, or I haven't I haven't sinned or thought this way or behaved this way in months. Be careful is what Paul is saying because that is the moment when you could be taken out because all it takes is a moment of weakness and a moment of, of letting down your guard for you or for me to be taken out, for one thought to be planted and for us to go down this path, for temptation to come. Again, it's not sin. But if we entertain it, if we take one step in that direction, it will lead us down a road of sin and destruction and defeat. So Paul says, take heed lest you fall. You know, have you ever been, um, let me just make it real practical. Have you ever been driving down the road and you feel a sneeze coming on? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's that like, oh goodness, it's coming. I know it's going to come and you're, you're trying to stay on the road and like all these things go through my mind. Like you see this tractor tra trailer barreling down the road, uh, you know, on the other side of the road towards you. And I just, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to sneeze and totally lose, you know, my awareness and I'm going to swerve in that tractor trailer. I'm just, I'm dead. If I can't hold off the sneeze or if I can't hold this car, the steering wheel steady, I am ready to meet my maker. You know what I'm talking about? Because one split second, it's like being on your phone or looking down. When you're driving, one split second of being unaware or being un, uh, like not ready for what's coming, one split second, 
can kill you. It's the same way when it comes to our spiritual life and being alert, taking heed, being sober, being vigilant, 1 Peter 5 says, being aware that we have an enemy, being aware that we're in a, war, in a wartime, having a wartime mentality, being aware that the enemy is always on the prowl, the enemy is always seeking to devour me and destroy me, 1 Peter 5, 8 says. And so take heed, be aware, know that there's an enemy who's seeking to devour you, and that at any moment, if I, if I think I'm standing firm and standing strong in my own strength, the enemy is, is that's prime conditions for the enemy to, to devour me. So he says, take heed lest you fall. But then he goes on and gives us some really encouraging news in verse 13. He says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In other words, he says, every temptation you face no matter how bizarre or weird or strange it may be to you or foreign or you, you may be like, feel like you're the only one dealing with this. Listen, God tells us that there's no temptation that we face that is not common to all mankind, to all men, to all women, that you face nothing new under the sun, that it is common temptation in whatever form it, it, it comes at you, you're not alone. And then it goes on. Because that news in itself is not good enough news to encourage us to be like, okay, everybody else deals with it. Well, everybody else gets devoured by it too. We need some better news. And here's the good news. He says, God is what? God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And so God is faithful. Here's the good news. God is faithful to do two things. Number one, he, he does not tempt us. We saw that in James 1.13. He doesn't tempt us with evil. He allows us to be tempted. But when we face temptation, he will limit the intensity of the temptation we face. He will not allow us to be, be tempted beyond our ability to endure it. So we may face things, things and go, man, there's no way I could ever conquer this. There's no way I could ever get over this in my life. And, it's, and Paul tells us, God is faithful. He will never allow you or me to be tempted beyond what we're able to endure. And so you can't have victory over it. That is the promise that God is faithful to not allow it to get beyond what you can deal with. But then number two is this. He promises to meet every temptation with a way of escape. Every temptation that comes our way, he doesn't, he, he may not tempt us with evil, but every time we face a temptation, he will match that or he will meet that temptation with a way of escape. In other words, God always provides for us in our temptation, in our testing, in our trial. He always is faithful to provide a way out. He always provides a way out. We don't have to stay stuck there. We don't have to stay in the pit. We don't have to stay in the hole. We don't have to remain defeated perpetually. God is faithful to not allow it to be beyond our ability. And he always, 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 every time provides a way of escape to get out of it. He always does. So we've got to take heed. 
And we've got to know that, that sin is crouching at the door. I think of Genesis 4, verse 7, we see God talking to Cain when, when Cain was angry with his brother Abel and he was ready to, to kill him and he did eventually kill him. And God warns him. He says, listen, son, you've got to know that sin is crouching at the door and its desire is to take you out, but you've got to rule over it. You have an ability not to be dominated by your sin, but you have the ability that I'm, I've given you to rule over your sin, but you've got to be aware that it's, it's waiting for you. It's just crouching at the door, waiting for you to, to crack that door open so it can come and devour you. Uh, we have to have a wartime mentality and we have to recognize that we have no strength and power on our own. Only Christ can make us holy and only Christ can keep us holy. We've got to take heed. We've got to acknowledge our weakness and our propensity to sin and we've got to look to Christ. He is our only way of escape. He is our only way of rescue. Now, are there practical things that we can do to run away, to remove ourselves, to keep ourselves, to keep boundaries, to keep sin uh, at bay? Absolutely, there is. And that depends on what kind of temptation or trial you're facing. And so I can't give you a blanket um, solution, but we've got to look to Christ and we've got to look to those who would to, who would point us to the wisdom of God's word and the power of his spirit to help us escape those temptations because he's promised there is a way of escape and it's only through Jesus. And so y'all, this prayer that we're talking about, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This prayer is all about consecration. This prayer is about consecration. Again, it's consecration. This is another word for holy, which means set apart to God. It's, it's sacred. It's devoted completely to God. To be consecrated means I am, I am, I am devoting myself, my heart, my, my mind, my soul, my spirit, all of me. I'm devoting myself to God and I'm set apart to him. So this prayer is a prayer of consecration, that God, I want, to, I want to be holy, but I need help. And so would you lead me, would you lead us, not attend temptation, but deliver us from evil, because we need help. We want to be holy, but we need help. And here is the reality. If you lack either of these two desires, if if these aren't inner desires within you, that you don't really inwardly care about being holy and about pleasing God, if you don't really believe that you need help, you think you can do it on your own, if you're lacking either one of these inwardly, the desire to be holy or the, the acknowledgement, the realization, the self-awareness that you need help, if, you don't, if you're lacking either one of these two things, you will not pray this prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you don't really care about holiness in your life, and if you really think you're good, that, you can, that you're not going to be taken down, you will not pray these prayers. And if you do not pray these prayers you will find yourself being devoured severely and frequently.
if you think you can rule over your sin, you will end up being like Cain. Just thinking you're strong enough, thinking that it's not that big of a deal, not really caring if you please God or not, you will find yourself being devoured by your sin. We need the power and the faithfulness of our good, gracious God to help us overcome sin in our life. If you haven't recognized this truth yet, here it is. You will be tempted. You will be tempted. God wants your faith to be proven. He wants your faith to be strong. You, you remember that, that, that Jesus said to Peter, hey, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But you know what Jesus said to Peter? He said, well, I didn't remove the temptation. I didn't remove I didn't remove the, the activity of the enemy from you. He desired to tear you limb from limb. Jesus said, here's what I've done. I haven't removed you from that testing and trial and affliction, the, affliction, the, the, the furnace of affliction. No, Jesus said, here, here, here's, what, here's what I've done. I've prayed for you, Peter, that your faith would not fail. I prayed for your faith to be strong and to increase so that you could endure so that your faith would be refined, so that you could come through the, the furnace of affliction with a stronger faith in Christ, with a, a strengthened faith, with an increased level of personal holiness. I haven't removed you from the furnace, but I pray that your faith would not fail. I pray that your faith would grow stronger, that you would look more to me and the provision that I've given you to have victory over temptation. And so you will be tempted, but you can endure. Jesus has promised that we could, but we need him. We need Christ. We need the deliverer, the rescuer to help us. And so pray. That's the point of all this. Pray and pray often. Lord, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. This is a prayer of consecration. God, I'm yours, I wanna be holy, but I need your help. And the prayer today, again, we're ending each week of the series, teach us to pray with a prayer of, or a devotion from this book called The Valley of Vision. It's a collection of old Puritan prayers and devotionals, um, incredibly rich, uh, but it takes a little bit of work to, to mine the depths of, of the truth, the power of, of the prayers that we're praying. So I, again, I continue to encourage you to keep going back each week and, and to immerse yourself in these prayers and make them your own. You'll be able to find a link to this, this text, this prayer in our Bible app. But this week's is called Purification. Purification. And here's, here's the prayer today. Lord Jesus, I sin. Grant that I may never cease grieving because of it. Never be content with myself. Never think I can reach a point of perfection. Kill my envy. Command my tongue. Trample down self. Give me grace to be holy, kind, gentle, pure, peaceable, to live for thee and not for self, 
to copy thy words, acts, spirit, to be transformed into thy likeness, to be consecrated wholly to thee, to live entirely to thy glory. Deliver me from attachment to things unclean, from wrong associations, from the predominance of evil passions, from the sugar of sin as well as its gall. That with self-loathing, deep contrition, earnest heart searching, I may come to thee, cast myself on thee, trust in thee, cry to thee, be delivered by thee. O God, the eternal all, help me to know that all things are shadows, but thou art substance. All things are quicksands, but thou art mountain. All things are shifting, but thou art anchor. All things are ignorance, but thou art wisdom. If my life is to be a crucible amid burning heat, so be it. But do thou sit at the furnace mouth to watch the ore that nothing be lost. If I sin willfully, grievously, tormentedly, in grace take away my mourning and give me music. Remove my sackcloth and clothe me with beauty. Still my sighs and fill my mouth with song. Then give me summer weather as a Christian. And O oh Lord, we as your people Lord, we, we say to you today that we want to be holy. There is a desire within us to be holy as you are holy. And yet, Lord, we cry out with the Apostle Paul in Romans 7 that, 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 that we, the thing that we want to do, we find in ourselves this law of sin that we, we can't do the things that we want to do, but we find ourselves doing the very things that we don't want to do. Lord, we want to be holy, and yet we realize today that we need help, that we could never, in and of ourselves, of our own strength and of our own power, we could never achieve holiness. But Lord, we need to receive your holiness, that only Christ can make us holy and only Christ could keep us holy. And so, Lord, we come to you today Lord, we, we pray and we cry out to you for consecration. Lord, we want to be holy, but we need your help. And so, Lord, I pray that you would grant that to us. Lord, for the one today that is outside of a relationship with you, that, that is coming to you in faith today and in repentance for the very first time, God, would you, would you answer their, their cry, their plea for help? God, would you meet them? Would you draw them to yourself? And would you forgive them of their sins? And Lord, for all of us, would you help us to desire holiness? And would you help us to recognize our need for help from you? That the, the prayer of our lives, of our everyday life would, would be, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because we know that, that you are the one with the power to to help us get through this life, to make it through this journey and have victory over sin. And so God, would you help us? We pray 
in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.